So Steve said earlier, we're in this uh, series, this is the last of four weeks, looking at generosity towards 2020. And today, it's together in community and specifically talking about Hope Partners. If you haven't been here for the past three weeks, can I really encourage you to get onto the net, www.doorofhope.org, and uh, follow the appropriate lines and media, and have a listen to the last three weeks. Uh, Steve was okay the first week. He got better the second week. Grace was terrific last week. And, uh, but, but it is a package and it, and it really helps put it all together. So, you know, for various reasons, if you weren't around, then please go back and have a look at that. I want to look today, as we think about Hope Partners, at, in generosity of team spirit. And we've seen that over the last few weeks with the Olympics, haven't we? We've seen some great moments. We've seen uh, some fantastic um, outcomes not so much with the Australian teams, I don't know what's in our psyche about teamwork, but with some of the other nations it's been amazing. Being a hope partner, we're going to unpack today what it means to be a hope partner. And I want to focus just for a second on that last word, a partner. And I started thinking, well, what is a partner? I mean, I could easily say, well, Joy is my partner. Um, actually, I get really annoyed when people say that. Joy is my wife. Um, and um, then I thought, well, what's a partnership? thought, well, okay, let's have a look what the dictionary says about a partnership. It says an association of two or more people as partners, or synonyms are cooperation, association, collaboration, fellowship, and relationship. I thought, well, where did that come from? So I looked up Wikipedia, of course. And uh, the history of partnership goes back to about the 15th century where they have the first recorded times of ships travelling and there being multiple owners of goods travelling together. A partnership. Now, many of you that have been around here for a while know that I make up words with my spelling. Well, I thought I, today I'm going to stretch and I'm introducing Craigpedia. And when I was thinking about this whole thing about uh, what, what a partnership was, the best picture I could come up with in my mind was this, this man of war where every person taking part put their hands on the oars and worked together as a team. So, a partner's biblical. What's the mandate for that? We're going to answer that in a moment. As I sat down on Tuesday morning, doing my 20 minutes in the chair, I was really encouraged by the reading for that day. Sandy, who here thinks Sandy Hart is amazing how she can deliver to each of us on any given day the right Bible reading for us to read? Hey, <laughs> Well done. Uh, maybe well done, Holy Spirit, but... Thanks, Sandy, for listening. <laughs> and this was the reading as I sat down to do my talk this morning. 2 Timothy 4, 2, 3. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and thoughtfulness, carefulness and instruction. For the time will come when men will, put up with, will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say 
what their ears are itching to hear. That's not a bad passage of scripture to start thinking about when you're about to prepare a sermon. And before I go any further, I want to read to you the prayer I wrote that morning because I think it suits us today. So let's pray. Lord, please help me to take these words to heart, just as I believe Timothy did. Lord, may the words I speak on Sunday be from your heart, backed by your holy words. Lord, where I have the choice to say what is right versus what I think is acceptable, may I choose your words. May your spirit guide me today and Sunday. Lord, would you open my eyes, my ears and my heart to your teaching. This so that when I open my mouth, it may bring you glory and change to people's lives. Lord, speak this day. Amen. So I hope this morning that we all get an answer to that prayer. So are partners biblical? Well, I want to say right from the outset, I believe they are. And I want to direct us to passage in Acts. It's very familiar to us. I think we've had reference to it during this time already. But I want to read it to you again. It comes from Acts 2, verse 42 through to 47. And this is about the believers, the early times. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. We'll unpack that a little bit in a moment. But you can't help but read that and see it was all about people working together. A whole bunch of individuals but sharing lots of things together for a common cause. So if partnership is biblical, what are we asking as a church with Hope Partners? What are we asking us to partner in? Well, the first thing I believe is we're asking for each other to partner in the mission of the gospel. First and foremost, in the mission of the gospel. We've got that right there. Then Jesus came to them, so he's coming to the disciples. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And you will see the correlation between that scripture and Jesus' commandment to his disciples working out through what Door of Hope Christian Church is all about. So the first thing that we're asking people to be partners in is the mission of the gospel. The second thing that we're asking people to be in partnership with are the commandments of Jesus. Jesus gave two, and we call them the great uh, commission, the first one often is referred to, and the other one uh, is the great commandments or great, great command or great commandments. And this is what Jesus said. 
young man came asking questions. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. And I'm really proud of a leadership and of a church that hangs a lot of what they do on these two pivotal scriptures. I was going to say things. That was a very slack and pathetic word, wasn't it? Things. These two important scriptures. So what else are we asking for us to be partners with? Well, the vision of Door of Hope Christian Church. To be a door of hope through Jesus Christ in a fragile and uncertain world. We're also asking Hope Partners to partner in the mission of the Door of Hope Christian Church, which is to be Jesus-centred, others-focused, together in community. To be a Hope Partner, we're also asking people to partner in the 2020 goals of Door of Hope Christian Church. Firstly, growing hope. The dream that in 2020 there'll be a thousand stories of life change reflects, I think, something about Jesus' great commandment. We're hoping that over this time there'll be a thousand people attending our weekly services. We want to see 250 baptisms or more by 2020. We're also wanting people to partner in growing invitations that we're all going to play our part in getting out those 500 personal invitations per week, that we're all going to play our part in seeing up to 20 people sitting here Sunday by Sunday who have maybe never been to church before in their life. And we're also saying, well, it's our opportunity to partner in growing mercy. You know, there are so many things we do through the life of the church, but we really want to ramp up making sure that Jesus is front and centre of every help, he is every hope. And we want to see lots of people doing Alpha and plenty of other courses. All of us need to step up and be partners in sharing the gospel, in our own words, in our own ways, and our referrals to the hope pathway. So what does a hope partner look like? That's a really good question. You know what? Hope partner looks really different. If I look out here... They come in all shapes and sizes, all ages, all ethnicities. How fantastic is that? But the elders and, team, and leadership team over time have narrowed it down to say, okay, well, how do, how do I know that I'm, I can be a hope partner? What, what would I need to do if I'm going to be hope partner? If I'm going to do all of those things, is there some sort of framework that would help me understand how I'm going to go about achieving that? And a long time ago, they came up with six Ps. The first one, powerful prayer. Now, if I go back to that reading from Acts 2, I believe I can find the words in there. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It says the early disciples were devoted to prayer. Our leadership has said this is the number one thing. This is what we want this church to be known as. This is what we want our church to grow in. This is what we want 
to be the engine room of these thousand hope stories. It's to come through us being committed to prayer. The second P is passionate pursuit of lost people. Now, whilst that reading doesn't technically say, and they went out and made disciples, as Jesus commanded, we know they did if you read through the Gospels and further on, but it does say in that last verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. So that wasn't just their little clan. So they're praising God, but they're enjoying the favour of their whole neighbourhood, their whole township. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Well, that doesn't happen by osmosis. I can go, at, I can go into the Brisbane Street Mall and start singing Kumbaya. And I'll guarantee it won't get anyone else in here on Sunday. Okay? But, but these people were so magnetic so amazing in their praise and the way they were living and their communication of what was going on in their life that God was adding to their number on a daily basis. We've got to have a heart for seeing people come to the hope of Jesus. That's all. A heart for people coming to the hope of Jesus. Passionate pursuit of lost people. Um, we want people to be committed to being part of a positive caring community, to, to looking out for each other, looking after each other. It says every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They partied. And if you're hanging out with each other, you actually know what each other's needs are. You can feed each other and you can come alongside and talk and hear and listen and it's a pretty good place to be. The fourth P is persistent personal growth. Well, right at the beginning of that reading, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Um, being committed to being around on Sunday so you can hear the word of God and go home and think about the word of God, sitting in the chair for 20 minutes, reading the scripture, reflecting on it, just thinking about how does this all fit in with me? and so many other ways around here that you can be a part of making sure that, that we're constantly growing. An edginess. And when you grow, it doesn't mean you agree with everything. Sometimes things, you're confronted about things in your own life or other things, but we want to be a community where we, we're not just sitting back. Who wants to be the same Christian for 30 years? How boring would that be? We want to be a new Christian or a growing Christian year after year and we want to encourage other people to do that. Then purposeful living. Uh, around here we, we want encourage people to find out what their spiritual gifts are, uh, to serve, to share, to volunteer, to, to be an elder or a deacon for 30-something years. John, enjoy your retirement, you deserve it. I know I gave you a few of those grey hairs and Steve has too. I'm glad that Steve's taken you out for lunch. That's good. Well done, Steve. <laughs> or whatever it is. <clears throat> it says in that scripture from Acts 2, um, everyone was filled with awe and there were many wonders and, and signs performed by the apostles. They were using their gifts. God had given each of those apostles gifts and they were using and ministering them within the fellowship and outside of the fellowship. 
And we want people to live purposefully. God's made you special. Not all of you are made to stand up here and lose your words and spit a bit. And some of you do amazing things and you'll never be up here. But this place runs because you are living with the purpose that God designed you to live. And well done. Yeah. And the sixth P is profitable stewardship. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and performed apostles. All the believers were together and everyone had in common and they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had in need. Right there in those few verses, we have an amazing picture of what it means to partner together for the sake of the gospel, for the mission of the church. Plan giving is one of the ways that we really encourage us to be better at being profitable stewardships. Have a saying that you can't outgive God, and I haven't got time to go into it, but um, we, we've had a, an income reduction in our family. Uh, again, we put our offering up by another percent, as we try to do every single year. And this week, I've had two business people come to me and offer me something that they have been using in their business that they've written off for nothing. Now, I'm not saying that if you go do that, that will happen. But sometimes at the end of it all, when you go, this is all we have and this is what we want to give to God, I'm not too sure how it's all going to work out. Well, I can tell you that the NAB bank don't make mistakes, okay? I know that I've never had money dropped in my account that I couldn't account for and I didn't say anything and I just went around. But God has ways and means of just meeting what you need. It's amazing. And we want people to learn how to be profitable stewards and how to be generous people. And I thank those people who were generous to us this week. You were part of the story of growing my generosity. Next time when it comes around for me to be thinking about our plan giving or us thinking about our plan giving, what's going to be in my head? Hey, God, wow, you were faithful back then. How much more faithful can you and will you be? Six Ps is a sort of a framework for what it means to act out and live as a hope partner. Well, I thought about it. You know, so we've got what hope partners are, why we should partner, what are we partnering in? Is there any good reason that I shouldn't be a hope partner? And yes, there is. Some of you are really relieved right now, aren't you? You're going, oh, finally, someone's talking sense. Yes, listen up, folks. There is a good reason for you not to be a hope partner. One is if you're not a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, we are so glad you are here today. This is what makes us suck air in. This is what makes us excited. The fact that you are here on a Sunday morning when you could be doing anything else and you are exploring what it means to have someone else in your life to live for another reason. And well done. Let's give them a clap. So I figure probably 20 people just let off the hook then. But there is another reason why you don't have to be a hope partner, and that is that you don't want to be a hypocrite. Because I think it's fair. Those six Ps, if, if you're not living them out and you don't think there's any way you can change, 
Well, why would I or Steve or the elders ask you to be hypocrites? You can't say that's what you're going to do if you've got no intention of doing it. But notice I didn't say if you're not doing it. I said if you can't change. I said if you have no intention. So maybe I let another 10 of you off the hook. The rest of us... Now, are there some bad reasons for not being a hope partner? Yes, there are. There are some bad reasons for not being a hope partner. The first one is laziness. I forgot. (laughs) I can't be bothered. How would you... Would you really... Would you really like to sidle up alongside John Powell and tell him that you can't be bothered filling out a piece of paper or you just forgot? Another bad one, false assumptions. I'm not perfect yet. Neither am I. Neither Steve, neither Andrew, neither anybody else. I can look around and say, no, neither is a lot of people here. No, neither is anybody here. It's not about being perfect. It's not about being the, you know, being an apostle and being written about it. It's about wanting to partner together to the very best of our ability. Um, another false assumption I've heard is, I'll be financially liable. No, you will not. In actual fact, that is a countercultural argument because the people who are financially liable in this church are the elders who we vote in. And if you're not a hope partner, then you're hanging them out to dry. So that argument that you'll be liable if you sign up as being a hope partner financially is not true. And we have, what will we end up after this election? Nine, ten, ten elders, ten of us who are willing to put up their hand and serve tirelessly in good times and bad, and they are liable. So why wouldn't we want to partner with them so they can't lose? Amen? Let's thank our elders, men and women of God. And the last bad reason is selfishness. That's probably a double kick. What do I get out of it? Oh, man, I've heard that one. What do, what do I get out of it? Everyone's so used to being a club member. Well, what you get out of it is you get a whole bunch of other people coming alongside of you and helping you to be a better person, helping you to live a better life, helping you to see things happen that you'll never see on your own. That's what we get out of it. Selfishness is not a good reason not to be a hope partner. Okay. I don't know about you, but this is why I want to be a hope partner. Interesting, I've already heard Steve read this or mention this twice today already. Folks, we are not playing church. We are in a life and death spiritual battle. You know what? It is not politically correct anymore to say that if people do not have Jesus Christ in their life, are not saved by the blood of Jesus, that they are going to spend eternity in hell it is not politically correct anymore to say that 
we might offend someone if we say that. That does not mean that that is not the truth. For every young person that's sticking a needle in their arm, for every grandchild that we might have, for every fellow student that we might have, if they do not get to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are doomed to a spiritual eternity devoid of the love of God. This is a spiritual battle we are in. We are not simply playing church. Finally, be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I look out here and I see people who were living a life who didn't understand any of this and because of the way some of us operate, they are now here with an eternity sealed, signed and delivered of celebration forever. That is exciting. That's what it's about to be a hope partner, is to partner with each other that we might see that be a reality in our city and beyond. Here's some choices that I might have. My choice, as is all humans' choices, is that I can be a solo operative. I can wander over here and I can stand in the corner and I can be like that desolate soldier that's on that screen. And even with you as a whole bunch of friends out there, I actually feel quite vulnerable standing over here in the corner but nowhere near as vulnerable as I am out there in the world. My ability to change the world if I want to play a solo game is very limited. In fact, I know personally from my own life I wouldn't survive. I know that without you, some of you, and you as a church and as friends and a partnership with God, I wouldn't, I wouldn't survive out there in the world. I would become like the world. The other choice that we have is that we can become team players. We can work together. And we can be like this picture on the screen. What a difference is that? The old Roman shield formation. Protecting from the arrows from the front and the arrows from the top. Well, we talk about a different armour, don't we? That, that reading I had before. But what excites me is that I get to do this with you guys. I get to do it with this beautiful couple that have come into our fellowship in the last couple of years and they've got a not-too-rusty son over there too. <laughs> I get to be obedient to God, to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and I get for people like you here to keep me accountable. Because if I start mucking up and get my name in the paper for all sorts of not so good things, I would hope that one of you is going to come up and tap me on the shoulder or clip me behind the ear. 
and say, that's not the right way, Craig. I know Royce would, and I'd thank him for that. I get to be a part of shared efforts. The things that we've seen done, I've got this bloke here, Chris Pitt, and the things that he and John Powell have seen over the last 50 years because they've been part of a team. None of them have done it on their own. But they've got to be a part of things together. We get to share goals. We get to dream dreams. We get to think about where the future's going to go. Standing with young elders like this, we've got a great future in front of us. We get to share responsibility. I don't want the responsibility on my shoulders alone. Colin, do you want responsibilities on your shoulders alone? Never. Who wants the responsibilities of people going to either heaven or hell on their shoulders alone? Who wants that? Anyone? Put your hand up if you do. No. Because we're in this together. Do you really want to be a solo operative? Just hanging out there doing whatever you want? I don't think so. Do you know we get to share our giftedness? That's a fun thing. I get to be around people that can do things way better than I can ever do. How cool is that? You see, I don't have to have every spiritual gift. I can have just one because the gospel promises me one. And if I'm obedient to that, then you're all in a better place. And if you're being obedient to your gift or gifts, then I'm blessed. I got prayed the other week by Mark Smith that I would sleep like a baby. Man, I've been sleeping, but there's been a bit of a mess in the bed. I'll just tell you that. But, but he's, he's good. He's good. He's using his giftedness. We get to be protected by each other. Someone's got my back. Hopefully I've got yours. I can have fun with Anthony's kids. Try and answer their hard questions when they ask me, what is heaven like? Thanks, Anthony. He made his daughter ask me that question. <laughs> and you know the best thing? We get to share in the celebrations. The best moments in this church are the celebrations when someone is baptised or when we're welcoming kids into a loving environment or we're celebrating people that have been doing things for 10 years or more. Doing things together. Man, I think we all saw the Fijians in the Olympics. Should be up there somewhere. There they are. Singing a hymn. They've just won their first ever Olympic medal and they're singing a hymn. And then there's another picture. This was brilliant. If you look that up and you zoom in, on that armband, it says Jesus. And there's another one with a cross and a Bible verse on it. That's what they were playing with. Working together as a team to achieve a common goal. Wow. Why wouldn't you want to be a hope partner? I had fun putting my slip in today. I saw Andrew Fair put his in. Really consider it. It's not just a thing. It's not just something this church does. 
This is about life and death. It's about an army. It's about change. It's about standing together. It's about picking up the wounded. It's about charging the hill. That's what it's about. Let's have that final reading. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common and they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had, in, who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and they ate together and they were glad and they had sincere hearts and they partied and they had fun and they patted each other on the back and they picked each other up, praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved, those who were coming into heaven, those who were not going to hell. Let's stand and let's sing and praise God.